All right, what's up, guys? We are back with our second to last podcast episode of the year. Well, we've almost survived a whole year of podcasting every week for the year, which is crazy. Yes, I know. It's kind of nuts. And honestly, these last few, I'm not going to lie, have been a little bit of a struggle. We've been so busy this end of the year with, you know, the last videos that you and I are trying to like push out the traveling of the holidays, you know. Yeah, you're traveling presents. right now. You're back home. I am. So if you guys notice, I apologize. I am in my friend's apartment business center. So this audio is probably going to be very echoey, but I have a bunch of family over at my parents' house where I'm staying and there's just no space for me to kind of set up and talk. And they're probably up right now just talking gossip, you know, with whatever, catching up. You know, it's funny. So I think I already told you this, but I'll tell everybody on the pod. So usually when I go home and I think most people can relate to this, at least most Asian People can relate to this, but you go home and then the first thing your parents or your aunties or uncles do is they give you critiques. They're like, dang, you got fat or dang, what are you doing for work now? Or when are you going to get married or a bunch of this other stuff? And I'm like, oh gosh. So I walk in home and I'm ready for this. And I just got a, this haircut and I didn't get one, but I got multiple compliments on my hair. And I was like, did I go to the wrong house? <laughs> You've entered a new frontier. Yeah, I thought I was in like a different dimension. You know, that's I like, hilarious. I have to check to make sure pickleball still exists in this universe. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we're we're in the clear, guys. You know, you know, I should have I should have said this before the pod when we were doing our checks. But since we're talking about the haircut and people are going to probably look at it in the video, is yeah. your camera in focus this time? Unlike oh, last oh. week. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Let me just turn on the peaking just in case. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, last week, uh, many of you pointed out that Will was not in focus, and I wish I could have done something about it, but uh, this time we'll make sure he's in focus. <laughs> as soon as he here, he's back. Okay. It's really hard to tell because the lighting in here is really tough, and my screen is like a little, like, this light is in my eye, so it's actually kind of hard for me to tell, and it's not like I can really grab manual focus right now to check because... There's nothing for me to stand in. Do you not just turn on the autofocus? It's an FX30. It did. I turned on autofocus last time, and I I don't know what happened, but like uh, it, just, it just got stuck or something. It just got stuck or something. I don't know. This is older lens, but I think when you good. guys, when all of you say I'm the one that's three five at best, just remember <laughs> this guy was out of focus last week. I wasn't out of focus. <laughs> I apologize, everyone. It's okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Anyways, so. Uh, we're going to do this week is kind of a wrap up. Uh, I think it's something we're going to do probably every six months or so, because I think that mm -hmm. kind of fits pretty well. But it's just a like the state of pickleball paddles at this stage of the year. So this will be, you know, end of 2023 going into 2024. Yeah. Um, and then we just have like a few other random topics we want to talk about. My thoughts on the Ruby, the new Franklins, got some stuff in the kitchen mm -hmm. that you guys might find interesting. But also... Next week is probably going to be a more chill episode because it'll be right after Christmas. Will and I probably will have slowed down our work significantly. Mm -hmm. Probably won't be a lot of pickleball news. So if you have any questions for us that you want us to answer, leave them down in a comment below on YouTube, and we will try and answer them in the next pod. So, yeah, if you have any burning questions for either of us, yes. let us know. Let us know indeed. All right, well, <coughs> I got to talk about this because mm -hmm. I was – Probably the only one 
in the pickleball universe that did not have his Ruby review done on time. Yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, I mean, you've been pretty on point and very timely with everything else. So I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let it slide. It's okay. Thanks for, you know, giving us time to, you know, catch up or you know, giving us a head start. You know, I think you're only letting it slide because it let your video get ahead of mine is, exactly. is the reason I'm here and you're letting it slide. <laughs> exactly. That's the only, that is the only reason. So thank you for that. It is much appreciated. So, I want to go back and forth on this because so I, the only Ruby video that I saw before my review mm -hmm. was yours, but I already pretty much knew your Ruby opinion from just talking yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to watch any cause I didn't want anything to influence like when I was hitting it, I wanted everything to like be my own opinion. Normally yes. that's not an issue because I have it done on launch day. So it's not something I'm concerned about. But so once I like finished my script, recorded my A-roll, I was like, okay, I'm going to start watching some of these videos and just see where people differ. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like general consensus was pretty similar across the board. There was a couple things people were kind of different yeah, about like flip pop and maybe yeah. power. Yeah. Just like really small things, nothing major. But after I used it, I, I was a little surprised because there was a, a ton of hype, I feel like, around the Ruby. And after I hit it, it's – here's the thing. It is an awesome paddle. It's very good. I could totally go to a tournament with it. In fact, it's still one that I'm considering using even over the double black diamond. Like, it's, it's in that tier of very good paddle, but it's not so much better than, like, the double black diamond. Like, when I would hit them side by side – which I did a ton. I was kind of like, it's the same. you could hand me either of these. And they're so similar that I like, I was trying to pick up on the smallest things that I could even explain to people that are different. So I was surprised it got so much hype. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it plays, you know, a little softer than the double black diamond. And I think if anything, it's just the feel of it. it. It plays very similar. I feel like the performance and the spin and things that I get are very similar. Um, after hitting it multiple times, I think that it just feels better to me, like a more, a little bit more plush feel and where this, the double black diamond feels a little bit more like firm and crisp mm -hmm. and that plushness, I think lets me and allows me to shape the ball more. But I think that it gets similar amounts of spin and honestly it could just be a placebo or something you know you see the shiny new thing right you see the mm. kevlar face and you know i'm a sucker for the looks of a paddle and i think it looks amazing so it's one of those things like man i'm playing with an amazing looking paddle like you know look good <laughs> feel good play good type of thing right so that could be it and i kind of agree with you there i think most people's at least the paddle reviewers opinions are you know very similar, I would say, with a little bit of just like minor differences here and there. Yeah, it's not that I think it didn't really deserve hype. I just think it was th some of the levels of hype that I felt like I was seeing was almost like Gearbox-ish levels, probably a hair below that. It wasn't yeah. people saying, wow, this is the best paddle ever. But the reaction was like, had I seen these beforehand and not hit the Ruby, I would have been like, wow, like I'm missing this out. is a paddle you have to go and buy. And after I hit it, I was like, "Yeah." If you have a double black diamond, I don't, and and you feel like it still gets good spin. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think there's a reason to go get the ruby. I agree. Um, honestly, yeah, it's 
is like if you are already happy with the double black diamond or something of a similar caliber i don't think that it's worth going out to get uh but it's still good like if you are you know yes. in the market for a new paddle and you like the double black diamond you want something just a tad bit different or you want to just try it out like yeah no go for it i think it's you know it's definitely cool looking different it performs really well and i think it just looks really good it's definitely going to turn heads like once you bring it and while it's yeah new and fresh you know people are it's like once you go in the court play like, oh dang is that the ruby like you know it's definitely a conversation starter you know yeah I definitely think, especially in a sea of paddles that largely look the same, black face, black edge guard, maybe occasionally a colored edge guard, mm-hmm. it definitely stands out. Like It's for sure one of the better looking paddles of this year. Like yeah. they, they definitely crushed the design of it. Hands down. And it just kind of goes to show you that design matters. I think a lot of people out there will purchase paddles based on looks alone. And I'd imagine that if you had a kind of like a starter paddle and then you're playing a lot and you're ready to upgrade to a more performance-based paddle, you know, <clears throat> how are you going to choose, you know, like, I, I'm just saying, like, if you're kind of like the average person who's just, you know, becoming a higher level player and you don't quite know paddles as much and you hear good things about the Ruby and because it's so striking and you know or you heard that it's good, like, why wouldn't you pick it just because it looks good? It, it kind of just, like, uh, like, the decision fatigue is not there. You can just kind of go to it because it looks good. And you know, you and I both know that a lot of new people into the game, when they purchase, like, a starter paddle that's, like, you know, between 50 bucks and maybe, like, 100 bucks, like, the looks matter. They purchase things, like, based on the graphics and stuff because yeah. they just want to go out there and have fun, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I don't know. Ruby, solid paddle, but it definitely was not a blow away. Again, I'm yeah. still considering using it. I think it's good enough for that it was just kind of a a little surprise on the yeah. the hype train behind it yeah a tiny bit, just because it's not kevlar i saw on your video you're like yeah kevlar you know is it is it really the new yeah. wave i don't know you know i'm not super sold yet i just don't think it's immediately that <coughs> much better i mean it may have some things that are a little bit more appealing but it's just not a a giant leap in technology. So like, I'm fine with people doing it, but I know what it's going to become now is like, we're going to see this wave of companies going, Oh, Kevlar. And like all the mm-hmm. buzzwords that all these other companies are going to make up about like, here's why Kevlar is so much better than carbon fiber. And like, yeah. I swear, dude, if I see one more person, one more person say, yeah, but Kevlar can stop a bullet. Carbon fiber doesn't. And I'm like, <laughs> we're not stopping bullets with, pickleball pat like it's like two layers of kevlar this is not going to stop a single bullet like i just i mean i don't know like who cares if it can stop a bullet with the new gearbox and i feel like sometimes i'm trying to dodge bullets i'm not going to lie to you so i don't know i might have to switch to the kevlar phase just to make sure you know i have a better chance is all i'm saying all right that's pretty good i'll give you that one that's kind of funny that's that's pretty good okay all right well moving on we have yes. the new Franklins, right? The Franklins have yep. a swing weight of what? Tell they me. They have a swing weight, Will, of 134. Dang, the new ones? So the new Franklin Tours? Yes. Wait, are they, they 16 so millimeter? They they have four different versions. They have two shapes, standard, elongated, and then 16 and 14 of each. The 16 millimeter elongated was 134 <laughs> swing weight, and the average weight is like 8.5 to 8.8. Wow, that's 
very high for a 16 millimeter paddle. I mean, I, we've, we've seen paddles with higher swing weights before, but those are like the warrior or the, yeah. um, pro drive carbon from, you know, yep. pro drive. And, but those are like 19 millimeter cores with like three cores in them. So those make sense to have that high swing weight. And wow, that's re- like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I think that's going to be, I will be very curious to see, I probably won't get to hit these until after my break. Like I just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have time to hit them before the end of the year, I don't think. But I have a couple interesting thoughts. Well, a lot of interesting thoughts. First of all, Franklin actually advertises swing weight and twist weights on their website now. Oh, like it great. says, Thank yeah. You, Franklin. And I think, yes, honestly, as much as I have made fun of Franklin, I give you guys massive props for this because they are the first major company or major player that I'm aware of that has started using swing weight. We've seen some of the smaller companies like mm-hmm. Volair, Six Zero. Thrive. I don't even know if you can really call Six Zero a small company anymore, but yeah. Thrive. Um like you're seeing companies adopt it, but no one majors done it. So I awesome to see them using swing weight and twist weight and <clears throat> bonus props. Mm-hmm. For using the standard that all the reviewers are using, unlike Pickleball Central, who has been yes. using, you know, the 10 centimeter. So it's just like, I'm a huge fan. That right. is fantastic. Yeah. But that is a giant swing weight that I think a lot of people are going to struggle right. to swing. And for those of you listening out there, um, swing weight, you know, just in case you don't know, swing weight is just kind of how much force like is kind of required to swing a paddle. So it's like how much it feels, how heavy it actually feels as you're moving it through the air. Um, basically a 120, I would say, what do you say? A 124 to like 130 something, maybe 125 swing weight to 134 or higher is considered fairly high swing weight. And I think low is, what would you say? Like anywhere a hundred to like 110. And then yeah. between the 110 to 120 is kind of the average that you see, like Chris, like your favorite um, you know, the double black diamond comes at what? One, six, 14, one, Okay. So that gives you guys an idea. Uh, me, I played with some more elongated paddles, like the filth, the Ron Bis pulsar, and those come in around, you know, one eighteen to one twenty. Uh, so that's yeah. the swing weight that I like. So yeah, one thirty four or like, you know, one twenty five and higher is, is kind of high. <laughs> I think that's actually the highest paddle I have tested stock. Like I think the pro drive might've been just over 130 mm-hmm. but 134 like you are talking like the highest percentile for swing weight like it is on like an island of its own i think a lot of people mm-hmm. if anyone's even a little bit sensitive to like weight or swing weight like 120 you're gonna start being like ooh, that's a little slow 125 you're like okay like you, you know either you <laughs> need to be pretty out. strong or used to tennis <laughs> yeah yeah but 134 i'm like dude you're carrying a dumbbell. <laughs> and you know what's even crazier? Hmm. JW puts lead at the head of his paddle on the top corners. JW is a being from another planet. <laughs> Dude, this guy's got to have forearms that are like, yeah, I just can't even does. imagine. You, like, you've seen it, right? Have you seen his forearms? The man is just. I dude with how fast his hands are I don't even know it's like the guy is playing with training weights yeah no definitely oh also speaking of other people that are playing have you seen uh the clip of was it Maria Sharapova she was playing with the new Franklin right no I didn't see that really I'm pretty sure it was her I saw a clip and I was like I think that's Maria Sharapova (laughs) like I think she's playing with the Franklin paddle so 
uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know if she's stepping into the game or she's just. Play- but it looked like a legit clip. It wasn't like just her playing casually or wreck. It like sure. It almost looked like a, a sizzle reel or like a commercial even for Franklin. So I don't know. I thought that was that was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So before we move on, the other ones, the tempo is the standard one and the mm-hmm. dynasty is the elongated. Uh, the other swing weights, they actually forgot to send me the 14 millimeter tempo. So I couldn't uh, get the swing weight on that myself. But uh, the other ones aren't too ridiculous. It was like 120 for the dynasty 14. And then like okay. in the 116 to 17 for the tempo 16, I think. So I'm guessing the 14 will be even a little less. So those ones aren't nearly as crazy, but if you are considering that 16 millimeter, just know that you are probably going to be holding Thor's hammer when you okay. use that paddle. So, I mean, on your first hit was, were they good? Like, or were they bad? Like, how did you No, I haven't. I literally haven't gotten to oh, hit it. I got them. The yeah, I got them two days ago and then like put them in my database and now they'll sit in a pile until I can hit them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you haven't even, did you spin test them or no? No, no, literally nothing. Like, I took them out of the box, put them in the machines, and then put them on the floor. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. But I am curious to hit them. Um, curious to see if, you know, it, it seems like it's just a thermoform paddle <clears throat> with higher weight. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. There are companies, I mean, kind of like the 6.0, the uh, Jame Pro Weighted Edition. I'm like, okay, 8.3 ounces. Like, there's plenty of paddles that hit 8.3. I'm like... Franklin really went for the pro weighted model at eight five eight eight. Like that's yeah. that's heavy. So well, hopefully Ooh, they're actually, good. last thing. Yeah. There uh I don't know if you saw this, but they did a little commercial on the launch. I was like, you know what, Franklin? You actually made a good commercial. The old ones were a little bit cringy. This new one I actually <laughs> thought was was good. Okay. I was I'm, impressed. I need to go check it out. Dang. All right. Well, there you you have it, Chris. You know, it sounds like you want Franklin to succeed. And honestly, they need they need a win right now that's what it feels like yeah i'm still skeptical that this one's going to be a big success but they have the they got the building blocks the building blocks are in the right place they might just need a couple more pieces okay (laughs) yes all right let's get into the state of pickleball paddles 2023 let's kind of just recap what happened happened this this year year. yeah so first thing that happened this year huge thing thermoforming or unibody construction uh that was huge. I think that was the huge leap step forward in paddles to make them, well, initially, as we thought, more durable, definitely more sturdy or less prone to snapping because some of the higher end paddles like the Yola Hyperion from the end of the previous year, they had problems in the handles, like, you know, snapping from the paddle face. Uh, but I, I thought thermoforming was great. And when you and I first started hitting them, we were like, whoa, like, it was miles better than the Gen 1 cold press sandwich paddles that we had. Just it, way better in terms of just feel, spin, power, just across the board. Um, but that came with a problem. You want to tell what that problem was? The biggest problem that we've had? Good old core crushing or what yes. everyone thought was delamination yes. for the long time. Corruption. Which, I mean, people still use that word. But core crushing is definitely the proper word we should be using but dude it was bad it was really bad yeah bad real bad michael jackson like so bad here's the thing it's so interesting thinking back to that so okay obviously had the carbons those were Mm -hmm. the first thermoformed paddle i reviewed last year they did great loved them 
I used it for a little bit. Then after that, I got the Legacy, and I remember reviewing that, and that was the most confusing review I had ever done for myself because the whole time I'm hitting it, yeah. I get it, and I'm like, okay, this is a great paddle. The more I use it, I'm like, oh my gosh. It is a literal laser beam, and I was getting to the point where I couldn't drop with it, I couldn't dink with it, and I was like, I've never hit a paddle so powerful, and I remember talking in my Discord, and everyone's like, ah, like, Chris, it's really not that hard to control. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's very easy. Like, I don't know what the problem is. And I'm sitting over here like, I promise you I've never hit a paddle that's this hard to control. And then I'd give it to other people, and I'm like, I've never seen someone <laughs> hit a drive this hard. And, like, so eventually, you know, reviewed the paddle, talked about, like, okay, it's got this insane power. Like, I went back and watched my old review, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, now that I have more Knowledge. Like future me has more information. I'm like, wow, it's so obvious that I am just describing core crushing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, like my paddle eventually core crushed as well, but it took mine a little bit longer. I, I think yours probably just crushed sooner. But when you told me, it's like, yeah, it's hitting like an EVA foam paddle. I'm like, okay, that's a bit much. Like mine's hitting hard, but I don't know if it's hitting that levels of hard. And then eventually mine got to that level and I'm like, okay, Chris was not crazy. This is what he's See, talking about. And that conversation, I specifically remember exactly where I was when I texted you. Mm-hmm. I was I was at Mega Pickle and Pong, and I was literally hitting the Vice and the Legacy back to back. And people were like, "Dude, you are hitting the ball harder with the Legacy." And I texted you, and I was like, "Dude, do you think your Legacy hits as hard as a Vice?" And you were like, "No, you're crazy. Like, there's no way." And I all mm-hmm. I was just sitting there like, I have never, I never hit a paddle that so many people like disagreed with me, at least like mm-hmm. in my peer groups. I was like, what is crazy? wrong with me? Like, am I a yes. horrible paddle reviewer? <laughs> yeah. No, literally. <laughs> or am literally. I just as bad at the game? I was like, nah. Every, all these things are going through my head. I was like, what is going on? So that, like, obviously, you know, probably within, I would say a month after that is when it was like more established what core mm-hmm. crushing was there was a problem the crackling you could tell they were getting more powerful and it was like oh okay i wasn't crazy like there actually was something going on yeah uh, but yeah it it wasn't it play- until Here's- other companies and other you know engineers from other companies were taking apart paddles and then looking at their own paddles and other people's paddles and then relaying information to us because we had to really kind of dig in and use our connections and our resources to kind of figure out what the issue was and even then it was confusing it was difficult because actually nobody really knew and they thought it was multiple things and they tried you know multiple solutions but we still had the problem so it took a while but yeah anyways i sorry i cut you off what were you gonna say no you're good i I was just gonna say like it was very interesting too. like everyone or a lot of the companies thought it was like a glue issue like an actual Mm -hmm. delamination the face layers separating you know people eventually figured out it was core crushing but it's crazy to think that this issue has plagued us for basically a year straight. Like it, it has yeah. significantly reduced. I mm-hmm. would say once we crossed maybe July, the amount of paddles that were uh, getting core crushed across the board were significantly lower. I know that uh, some companies, you know, there was like turning the heat down. They're using new cores. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six Zero and Ronbus seem to be the biggest proponent of. Um, using different cores that have helped uh, mitigate that a little bit. Um, it's still not completely gone. I mean, carbons yeah, are still, still just 
yeah core crushing left and right i don't oh, know if the they just are still happening you still hear it or like see it oh yeah post? all the time like by by far it is the one i hear the most about oh wow garrett fix it <laughs> but honestly at this point it's not even gonna matter when when carbon concepts finally drops i yeah no one's no one's gonna care no about gonna the one care X about. anymore <laughs> <laughs> i maybe maybe not that extime but like yeah i mean it'll be eh, no i think it, you're right I, yeah probably probably headed in that cores. direction mm-hmm. yeah everybody's yes. kind of using better cores things are getting like much better improving and then i mean we're just gonna have new core i just feel like we're gonna have new cores do you think PPP polypropylene is still going to be, I mean, it's probably still going to be the big player, but do you think we'll see more materials or different materials in 2023? I just feel like the companies have like stuff like hidden up their sleeve that they haven't even told us about that. They're just going to like lay on us like in the middle of the year and we're just not going to be ready for it. You know, Will, if uh, if you read the little doc I prepped, we were going to get to that a little oh, we bullet, were? few bullet points down. Oh. <laughs> well, we can always skip around. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give around a little bit. Let's give around to this. I I definitely think we're going to see some different core materials next year. I mean, I already know some stuff that people are working on. Um, mm-hmm. Some we already know is good. Uh, I still think, you know, obviously it hasn't been put through the ringer yet to know durability and other things. But we'll see a few different cores next year. I don't know that. I think what's going to happen is we will see a type of core and if it continues to do well, which I think it will, I think we're going to see even more of those. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. But I don't think it's going to be like, oh, man, there's like five different cores yeah, or something like that. I mean, yeah, I, there's, you know, the polypropylene, the Kevlar cores, which are very, very meh. People got to stop doing that. PMI foam, do not use that. That is a that that's on par, if not worse than Kevlar. Mm-hmm. I, like. Adidas was the only one that used that. You guys got to ditch that. I I know I'm sure it was for some durability stuff, but like the PMI foam is not it. Like it's not it. It's not good. So okay. don't use that core. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first, guys. You know, it's interesting though. Something that has been interesting mm-hmm. and this is, it's definitely part of the core crushing because people didn't quite know what it was. And you know, some paddles have, they kind of come core crushed out of the box <laughs> is essentially how it works. And it gets worse over time. But as this issue has gotten fixed, paddles have, in my opinion, have definitely gotten less powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. I, and even with them using more glue um, in the composite and in the process, it mutes the paddle a little bit more. So, yeah, they're not as powerful or they're not as like, what's the word I'm looking for? They just don't ricochet out the paddles like they did earlier in the beginning of the year. At least that's my th- uh, yeah, my guess is as well in my experience from playing with people. But I mean, there's some people out there that are still hitting, you know, super hard. They're, they're still, they're still, they're definitely still harder than like a, a gen one raw carbon fiber for sure. They're not like back down to that level, but compared to what it was when we first started hitting them, I mean, the only one that I know of that still hits really hard is the carbon. And that's Mm -hmm. because that one still seems to break a lot. Like, that's the only one that I'll pick it up and I'll go like, oh, yeah, this is like about how I remember it. Right. Um, do you think people are just getting used to the power now? Or do you think that, uh, I don't know, people still complain about the power of some of these battles? Uh, I think people have definitely gotten used to it more. So, like, I mean, I remember 
some of the first thermoform paddles like people would play against me with and i was like holy crap like i this is insane how fast this ball is coming i think across the board people have just gotten better at the game like you know they've just you had to adapt right like every every company has a thermoform paddle now so if you didn't get used to it you were probably just hosed yeah left in the dust yeah so yes thermoforming core crushing that was a huge issue this year but one thing I didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of issues with was edge guard durability for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, glue, they used to come undone and it, it, that still happens. Yeah. But the amount it happens now is so much less than the year prior. In my opinion, like it was so common that I'd show up somewhere and like this guy's edge guards loose. This guy had to glue it. Yeah. Like this guy warranted it. Of coming out in the corners and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Did you see any, it was edge guard problems this year from any brand at all? The only one that I consistently saw it for was the 006. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, oh, man, it was just every single one of them. But that one happened quite a bit more. And actually, it was kind of interesting. Um, I didn't get to watch the full video. I kind of skipped around. But uh, Davis Pickleball, he did like a teardown video. And he was taking off the edge guards. And some of the thermoformed ones were like quite hard to get that edge guard off. 006, that thing just like okay. peeled right off immediately. So I was like, oh. Maybe there actually is something to that because if you just look at the amount of effort he had to put in, it was a lot more huh. on the other ones compared to the 006. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, other than that, though, uh, I think paddles have overall just gotten better, especially near the end of the year. We have, you know, better handles now. I think most of them are better constructed, you know, better edge guards, more power. and uh, Like no pri- exposed polymer, yeah, which no is great. no exposed polymer. I don't know. You still might find them here or there, but if you do, in I 2024, mean, Chris, dang, you really got to lay it on them. Okay. Here's the thing. The only ones that are that pretty much get a pass now, because the really the only paddles that I have seen recently that have exposed polymer are all the ones that are, they're like really cheap paddles. They're like a $70 raw carbon fiber paddle. And while I am still annoyed and think that should be fixed, I am like, okay, you're literally $70. Like, my expectation's just not that high. So, like, I could get over that for 70 bucks if it means the price is going to be lower, mm-hmm. even though I still think it's probably fixable. Um, I think the only the only one, if I'm looking at my room, the only one that I recall still having exposed polymer and being an expensive paddle was... Actually, it was two. It was the Diadem Edge 18K. I don't know what Diadem's doing. They should be big enough to figure this out. And then the other one was Vulcan with their mm. like seven new 700 series both of those had exposed polymer wait didn't what about the stk stk was last year oh okay i always forget. yeah <laughs> i always forget yeah i know it kind of feels like it bled into this year for some reason yeah yeah well yeah most paddles have gotten better oh in- sorry one other one one uh-huh. other one engage i don't know how i forgot engage oh really like the pursuit pro yeah the pursuit pro it's still exposed what I know. I'm like, bro, 260, come on. <laughs> Fix it. Jeez. Okay. Well, for the most part, paddles have gotten better, but also they've gotten cheaper. So there's been yes. a few price drops this year. Yeah, you want to go over some of the the first ones you got listed right here? Yeah, so kind of the leader in the big price drop uh, revolution was probably Vatic. I mean, once they released the for $99 sure. Prism, that was... A pretty big shockwave across the industry, and I think because of Vatican, it, it sparked a lot of people 
to do the same thing. It's actually really funny. I see a lot of pitches online or I get messages that's like, hey, you know, we got tired of the really expensive paddles in pickleball. So we made the best possible paddle you can make and we're selling it for only a hundred dollars and it always makes me chuckle when i see these now because i'm like okay yes this used to be a really interesting value proposition like when vatic did it it was like whoa like no one was doing this hundred dollar paddles were crap now i'm like okay dude like you and like 15 other companies like you're gonna have to be a little bit more special than just like i have a hundred dollar paddle that's Gen two thermoformed or Gen one like right. You actually, gotta it's funny. Give something else into the mix, whether with branding, marketing, or even if you need to throw in a gimmick in there, who knows? And, and you know, with Vatic, I think what they did really well, they did, um, you know, like a Gen one point five, like has edge foam, no exposed polymer, with a code, it's ninety dollars. Like they absolutely crushed it. So even companies that are selling just a basic Gen one raw carbon fiber, like think the X back when that was a hundred dollars. I'm like. I don't really know why you would buy that unless the shape is just really appealing because you've got this paddle that is built extremely well. It's very good. It's a reputable brand. You can get it for 90 bucks. Like, I don't know. It's not enough to just be like, hey, we have a $100 pickleball paddle. Like, you have Vatic. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, someone linked this in my Discord. I don't know how you say it. It's like iHoy Pro. It's A-I-H-O-Y-E Pro. It huh. is a two set it's probably direct from a pickleball manufacturer i'm sure but it basically like the x-pack but it's two gen one rock carbon fiber paddles for like 70 bucks what that's crazy that's 35 a pop that's crazy i haven't hit them i don't know if they're good but for that price i'm like shoot i'm gonna have to pick that up and see if they're any good because that's insanely cheap yeah that's nuts i haven't heard of that one so yeah i literally (laughs) only found out about it like probably in the last 24 hours. But then after that, you have uh, Neonic, you have Spartus, you have Friday Pickleball, which uh, those paddles, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty impressed by. I haven't talked about those before, but they're running a code for the holiday where Mm -hmm. you can get two of them for $100. They're thermoformed. They look good. They Now, granted, they're paint grit, so I anticipate that the grit's not going to last very long, but I'm also like, dude... For $50 a paddle and how good the paddle plays, I'm like, it almost doesn't even matter. Like, people used to buy the Franklin signature and loved it. I'm like, this is that paddle, but better, At a cheaper and it's price. cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, Friday the crushes it. Cheap. Um, cheap paddles are getting good. Dude. It's insane. It's, it's insane. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. A cheap paddle, you're going to have to do more to separate yourself than just be cheap at this point. Um, and there's also, like... PhD professor and to be honest, I'm probably forgetting about okay. a dozen other ones. Can I can I tell you, Isham, I, I see the PhD professor. It looks like an O to me, so all I'm thinking is pho. Like the Vietnamese noodle soup, and that's like all I can see, and I can't unsee it now. And that's all I think of a bowl of noodles each time I see that paddle face. I'm like, all right, I'm about to go get some pho, guys. See you on the I can't find later. I was looking in my office to try and find it, <laughs> but I think I've had the same thought as you. Like I don't think I ever thought about it that hard, but I as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, is that why that logo looks kind of weird? Yeah, I'm telling you, that's why it looks weird. They need to do something with that D because it looks too much like an O or because it's like, I think the 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 D is like kind of cut off or rounded from the paddle edge, like corners. It looks yeah. like an O. So like, yeah, the fub that's paddle, really that's what funny. I call it. 
Huh? Yeah, I can't find it in my office, but that is that's kind of funny to think about. Yeah. But yeah, I do think um, this year definitely sparked a revolution of everyone making cheaper paddles, which is great for the consumer. If you want to buy some of the higher end ones, like mm-hmm. that's fine. But you have plenty of amazing options in the cheaper price point. And I think what's been also great is in some ways it forces the really big guys to differentiate their products more, whether that's through better quality control or things that no one else can do. For example, the gearbox. I'm like, okay, you guys are the only one doing this and probably able to do it right now. So 275 might be justifiable. And had the Gearbox Pro managed to keep the old Gearbox quality control, which I can absolutely say at this point they have managed to not keep that quality control. I think this is by far the most breakable Gearbox that has ever existed. Uh, If they had managed to keep the old Gearbox quality control, that 275 price tag is, while still very expensive, it's a lot more justifiable. But... They didn't manage to keep that, so it's kind of iffy. But it's still, the performance is elite. Elite. L33T. Yeah. Elite. Yes. Elite. So, yes, that's the cheap paddles. Um, I guess the yeah. other like few things that I thought were kind of interesting were, this year, it was really hard to make a bad paddle. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I've been working on my paddle awards video, and I had to figure out my flop of the year. Or, like, top three flops of the year. I could literally only think of three. Like, I couldn't think of anything that flopped harder than the three I thought of. It's, it's I mean, it's pretty, I, I feel like, I mean, I know two of them. Probably it's pretty Don't obvious. say them. Don't okay, say them. Don't give them spoilers. All right. I won't give a spoiler. We're just patiently waiting for this video to come Here, out. We'll do this. Leave a comment down below and see if you can guess all three of them and the order of the three paddles, Ooh, which be from good. flop from biggest flop to the least flop, I'll be curious if anyone <laughs> manages to nail this. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, dude, how many pat? Like there was just they're all, nothing they're all that good. was really that bad. Yeah, there was something for everybody. And even if, like, even if I didn't like a paddle that came to my door that I played with, I could objectively see somebody else liking it. Like this could be good for someone else or for the right person because. There was, yeah, because they were all so good. And, like, there's a lot of similar, you know, specs across paddles. I feel like if you had, you know, some ingredients, like you made a good paddle, you know, raw carbon fiber, thermoformed, uh, you didn't have exposed polymer, uh, swing weight, twist weight was, like, you know, around this kind of weight range. Like, yep. it was really hard to make bad paddles. Yeah. For sure. So that was good to see. The other thing was obviously there was, I mean, with the cheaper brands, you saw a significant influx of just like cheap Alibaba catalog. Like, okay, cheap is the wrong word. The paddle still performed fine. But there were so many brands, dude, that popped up this year Mm -hmm. that I was like, they'll email me and be like, yeah, you know, we're like leading innovation. We like worked on all these really cool things. And then I have literally seen their paddle before they ever even emailed me mm-hmm. in an Alibaba catalog or in like a random Chinese ad. It's always the ones with like a, a weird hole. throat hole yep. or the side bends. Like it's always one of those. Like I, it just makes me laugh because I'm like, I'm not going to say they lied to me in their email. That's too harsh of language. But I'm like, you definitely like tried to fluff this up. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like you did what a lot of these guys did. They talked to china and said hey like like what if we put a hole right here mm-hmm. do you think that whole thing 
is you know or those those cutouts will be still big in 2024 i man it's hard to say they definitely more of them popped up this year but i think what is interesting is when it happened on like the 002 it was obviously very different it was quite interesting but i don't think the holes ever really became what people thought it would i still think it gives the paddle a feel that other paddles don't have Mm -hmm. kind of like when i hit the alchemy i feel like that's different um but i don't know that it's different in a way that's like drastically better better. it's almost like kevlar where you're just like yeah it's different but like Mm -hmm. it's not better yeah i would have to agree uh i don't know i just don't want to see these crazy like cutouts like you know ones where i see that are like you see the smiley face and there's like also a, a circle cut out right above it. I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, does it really do anything aside from aesthetics? But even then I was like, it doesn't look. No, great. it doesn't even look better. It doesn't even it, look better. You know, I think some of these newer companies will like gravitate towards these like weird hold ones. Cause I think it, it does stand out, but I'm like, oh gosh, like I, there's one specific version uh, that I've just seen from several, like all over the place now, where it's either the side, it's the side four side vents plus yeah. the hole at the bottom, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like I question whether this thing's even good or not. But I've seen it in like five or six different places now. Like I'll show up at a local court, and like there's a guy that's like, oh yeah, like I kind of sell paddles locally, and I'm like, oh hey, I've seen that paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, throat holes were kind of a thing this year, but it was also kind of just, eh. Yeah, meh. All right. Yeah. Anyways, All right, moving, moving on. on. The gearbox. Did it yep. Did it break the game? Did, did you think it, it came out kind of later in the year, but we have seen, I've seen it out in the wild. We've faced against it in tournaments. Has it broken the game yet? Are people still complaining about it, or has the complaints died down, or have they shot up in number? I mean... Definitely still being complained about, in my opinion. Um, Maybe not as vocally by the pros, but I think they're kind of... I think it's not being complained about much by the pros because they're just not having to see it very often. There's not very many Gearbox pros, so it's also the end of the year. Like Things are winding or did have wound down. So I think that's why you're not seeing as many pro complaints, but amateurs are definitely still uh, pretty annoyed at the paddle. You know, I feel like some people kind of view it as like, a cheater paddle and they're like blaming the player and i'm like dude like <laughs> it's an approved paddle like it is legal as of now if it ever changes great but like right now they can use it it's fine yeah but i think it definitely broke the game a little bit like gearbox went from you never see these things to that paddle is everywhere yeah i mean i played last night um uh, at my old stopping grounds over at Pickleballers USA. Shout outs to uh, Danny, Mr. Thunder Thighs PB for, you know, sending me up, getting me to play. But I saw a couple of them there. And surprisingly enough, everybody that I saw ha- that had it had the shorter version, the Fusion Power. People just tell me they like mm. that one uh, better. They all think that the elongated power is just a little too hot. And the people who did have elongated ones that I saw, they have the control version. Um <clears throat> So, oh, interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, I saw a lot of them, and uh, yeah, that thing still hits freaking hard and fast. I'm like, dang, I have to be like on my A game to, you know, block some of these shots back. You know, 
You know, I really need to get, I, I might try and squeeze this as one extra video because I don't think it would take me too much longer. And I've, I haven't finished my test, but I am now done enough to fairly confidently say that I think this is what's happening with the gearbox. But uh, after the review came out, there was a lot of consumers getting it that were like, mine doesn't hit that hard. Like these guys mm -hmm. are lying. And I still see like posts pop up like that. And I'm like, okay. Yes, just use it more, and it's going to break in, and it's going to change. Because I have now hit, like, 15 different gearboxes mm -hmm. from California, from Minnesota, from in Texas. Like, I've hit a bunch of these, and the more they get used, the more they loosen up, and they become just like what the one I'm hitting was. I even started breaking in a second one. I have two brand new ones. Mm -hmm. It's breaking in one of them, and the more I used it, the more it has loosened up, and it is, like... It's hitting very hard now. It might not be quite at the level of my first one yet, but it has like, I don't know how many hours of play, but nowhere near as many hours. So this is a video I'm going to make at some point talking about this, but just use it a bunch. It breaks in. It changes. Whether that is intentional or not, we don't know. Gearbox claims it will loosen up within like five hours of play, but I think... You hit like, I'm making up a number here. This is just a ballpark. Mm -hmm. You hit like 30 hours and it really loosens up. Like it starts sounding more hollow. It hits really hard. Like, I don't know. It's, I have, curious to see what they do with this paddle. Yeah. I mean, some people still ask me like, do you think it's going to get banned? They come up to me all the time. They're asking yeah. me about it. Which one would you pick? Is it worth it? Is it going to get banned? And I tell people, I'm like, I don't think it's going to get banned. Uh, but it is as good as everybody says, or it is as like different or crazy as everybody is saying. I should have brought some because people were asking me about. It. I brought a, a bunch of paddles like over, and I went to go play at um, this other like outdoor local court area, and I just had a box of paddles, and like I brought them to yeah. the person, and everybody was just demoing everything. I was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. He's like, do you have the gear, Mister Santa over here? Yeah, exactly. Except you know, I was like, y you can't keep it though. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I w a couple more things on the gearbox that I want to talk about is, yeah. um, well, first on the note of it getting banned because this is something that a lot of people talk about. Mm -hmm. Is my opinion, and this is purely my own thoughts, speculation. I have, I don't have any actual info on this, but I just don't know how they could ban it. It passed their tests. Mm -hmm. I even sent my gearbox, my broken in one. Mm -hmm. uh, I got it tested at the lab that paddles get certified at, and it's Ooh. still passed the deflection test. So it doesn't fail as it breaks in, which people were worried about. So at that point, okay, what do you what are you gonna ban it for? Hey, we just think it hits too hard. Like gearbox, or sorry, USAP would have probably a lawsuit on their hands after they've been certified, shipped a ton of paddles, and then said, "Hey, we're gonna ban it." The carbon situation, they went out of spec. And they were able to ban it. These, mm -hmm. while they're still hitting way harder than everything else, they're still staying in spec. Even if it's a workaround or however the heck they're doing it, it's still staying in spec. And then PPA, let's mm -hmm. say they wanted to ban it. Maybe they ban it for the pros. Okay, you now impacted 0.0001% of pickleball. It doesn't even matter. They're not going to ban it at the amateur level. And even if they banned it at any of those levels of the PPA... They would still have a problem. Gearbox is a sponsor of them. Like, are you going to yeah. shoot the hand that feeds you money? That's true. Do you think that that could have been a strategic ploy by Gearbox? Like, hey, I'm going to sponsor, you know, the PPA events or whatever. And now 
then I'm gonna get this paddle approved. And now, like, <laughs> you don't don't mess with me. Don't be banning my paddle. Don't be banning my shit because that I'm w- paying you. <laughs> that would have been a very long play because they've been sponsoring the PPA for a hot minute now. But I don't know. You never know in pickleball, I guess. But I would I would put that one on the more of the tinfoil hat side of things. <laughs> But he's Will's putting on the tinfoil hat. Um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to say about the gearbox, because I was talking about it breaking later, I've been compiling, mm-hmm. trying to um, compile screenshots, posts, videos of people mentioning their gearbox having issues. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't think I've seen any other paddle this year have more damage issues or QC complaints in the gearbox than this gearbox. Hmm. My friend Rick, he got his... And he used it for like two play sessions. We were at league last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And him and another guy went to hit kind of like a probably shoulder high-ish ball around there. They both swung. They clunk paddles. And it literally like blew out the side of his Wait. gearbox. Like there's a huge crack. The face got raised up kind of like the foam inside like uh, expanded more. Yeah. And I've seen that from several people in my Discord. I've seen cracked faces on facebook obviously the qc issues we've talked about with like the dimples and like other random things on the paddle but this paddle is like breaking left and right man like it's crazy Dang. come on gearbox making this i look know bad. it's 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 not a great look for gearbox so i'm hoping hoping they'll figure something out but what's kind of annoying is they haven't really made any statement about like hey yeah we're aware of these kind of break that's kind of just been swept under the rug and i feel like they're hoping it goes away or becomes less but like dude literally looking at my office some of the biggest paddles of the year i can't find any that have broken in as much volume as i've seen this gearbox break and at 275 that's just not okay yeah do you think it might be like recency bias though because the gearbox is i don't know fairly new i would say like i don't know what about some older paddles that we saw a lot of breaking in the beginning of the year like let's say the with the core crushing like carbon or it, legacy if you want to go with the core crushing i definitely think that's like a valid point i think the biggest difference as of the moment is that companies actively tried to fix that granted it took them a really long really long time and they would also warranty it so i mm. do think that was kind of like a bonus if you crack your face from like clanking paddles i don't think gearbox is going to warranty that yeah like but I, I think that's a good point. Like, you know, should all the thermoforming companies have gotten a big pass on like QC when like it was a really big problem? So I actually, that is a good point. Kind of glad you brought that up. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, other than that, I mean, the industry is moving forward. And uh, I mean, we did mention this before, but, you know, a lot of these companies are now starting to use swing weight and twist weight more and even you know, promoting it or sharing it, their numbers on their websites and on their, you know, sales pages, which is great because I think as the consumer becomes more knowledgeable, you know, as pickleball progresses, you become better and your equipment matters more because you're trying to eke out every bit of performance wherever you can, you know, you need to kind of know these things. So you know, which paddles that are right for you. And then also this kind of, you know, keeps these paddle companies more honest and make sure that they push out good products, right? Yeah. So that definitely, I think, keeps them honest and also gives them kind of a benchmark of like, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's equally as helpful 
for the companies producing it to be aware of these numbers because you know the ranges that people like, you know what you can do to differentiate yourself. So I think it's very good. Like Franklin's using it, Valer's using it, Six Zero, uh, Thrive. Thrive. And I think there's a few other, you know, yeah. smaller companies that have adopted um, the numbers, which is great to see. And like Pickleball Central, they again, they kind of half adopted it. They're using a slightly different standard. I'm glad to see them adopt it and hopefully help move the industry forward. But I do think it's only going to cause more confusion. For example, like look at this, mm -hmm. Franklin, major retailer, they put 134. They're all using the same measurement that the reviewers are using. And then I was looking at the Pickleball Central website and I noticed uh -huh. they didn't list what their version of the swing weight is on it. Cause like they Maybe would conflict. They, like they would conflict. They would Pickleball Central's number. <laughs> yes. I I really hope they switch because I just think it's gonna cause problems. Like imagine Pickleball Central's like, hey, the new Franklin, it has a swing weight of ninety one. And then Franklin's like, it's one thirty four. So mm -hmm. you're like, wait, which what, the, what those would are we literally using? exactly so yeah. i i hold out hope that they'll switch but i'm still happy that they have even made effort to move in the proper direction because i think educates the consumer better and it's it's just better for the industry as a whole yeah no um it's like going you know using the metric system or like you know <laughs> yeah, american system or using you know fahrenheit celsius at least you kind of have an idea of how cold or hot it is you might not know exactly <laughs> but you kind of have an idea. Yeah. So it's something I get it, you know, <laughs> it's okay. kind of like that. And for any of the companies listening to this right now, if you want to start doing this, which all of you absolutely should start dabbling in it. There's no excuse not to, you can literally buy the Brafiti SW one. That is what all of the YouTubers use. It's mm -hmm. B R I F F I D I S W one. And then you buy the five centimeter pickleball adapter and it's like $300 total. If you are a paddle company, this is a cheap write-off. It'll be one of the cheapest things you can buy. People want to see these numbers. Like, go buy one. It's Boom. Business consulting advice to all you pickleball paddle companies out there. Chris and I will send you an invoice. Thank you. <laughs> I, I won't even send him an invoice for this. I just want the industry to move forward on this one. Wow. You are such a uh, generous man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what's coming. We hinted at this earlier, mm -hmm. uh, but I think here are the two things that I really think are going to be big next year. You're going to see a lot of better or for worse. You're going to see a lot of edgeless paddles and you're going to see a lot of Kevlar face paddles. Yeah. Edgeless paddles. I'm still, I'm still not sure. They have gotten a lot better, uh, but that extra edge guard, it just, there's so many benefits of it. First of all, it kind of protects your paddle. And then the additional mm -hmm. added uh, weight that it gives provides for mm -hmm. swing weight and for twist weight to make the paddles more stable and more usable is just better. And I don't know. It's just, I think the edge guard is still uh, here to stay. At least they're not going away anytime soon. Or at least I don't think they should, you know? So, yeah. Yep. That or they're going to have to just start doing something that adds significantly more weight inside of the paddle. But honestly, with how easy it becomes to crack the edges of edgeless, certain edgeless paddles. I mean, the new gearbox has definitely had the issue. Um, the Infinity, I haven't seen significant amounts of damage to one. But like mine, when we just had a really small drop, it cracked 
decently. So I'm like, okay. I just think you are less stressed when you have the edge guard. Like, I'm not saying it needs to stay forever, but until there's a better solution, I generally think that's better than an edgeless paddle, unless yep. your only goal is hand speed. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yep. So other things, we already talked about it. Experimentation of the core. Don't need to go into that. I think prices, they, I don't know that they'll continue to drop. I just think you'll start seeing newer tech come down into the cheaper prices. Like mm -hmm. It'll probably start a little higher up, and then it will make its way down, kind of like thermoforming did. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I think we've kind of reached, well, there's still a little bit of market experimentation on the price. I mean, you know, we've seen $330 paddles. We've seen 270 like that are more consumer facing like the gearbox 250. And I think, I think the premium paddles will still be around the 200 to like 250 range. I think you'll still get really good paddles, um, between like 140 to the 180. And then, um, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think paddles will be getting that much more expensive. Like consumer, like truly consumer facing ones that hit 300, do you think we'll, we'll get there? You, you really about to try and test Selkirk like this? You really, you really want to push their button and see if they'll press the 400 range? No, they, they wouldn't. I don't think they would. No, okay. okay. Everyone has said that. I, is, to my knowledge, I'm not 100% positive about this. Yeah. But I think they were one of the first to pass 150. I think they were also one of the first to pass 200. And mm -hmm. then they were also the first to pass 300. So, But, I mean, the 300 one isn't, like, I wouldn't consider that a true, I don't know, consumer, like, mass market paddle. Because. But here's the thing. Yeah. I kind of think what Labs has become is it has become a, we can release a consumer-facing product for a lot more money, but since it's kind of in this little club, we can charge more money for it. Like, yes, they do they do improve it and they change it for the next year, but like the tech that has been in recent labs paddles, it's not like, oh my gosh, this is revolutionary. Like it just, 006 was just a thermoformed paddle. 005 was kind of a thicker power air that was a little bit worse because it was like all fiberglass. I don't know, I it kind of feels like Labs is not what it once was. It's true. I mean, it is for experimentation, and I can say that some of it, I mean, a lot of it has been flopped, but some of it has worked only because, you know, I have some insider knowledge of what's to come, but some of it I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be nice. Like, you know, I won't sure. get into it. We'll save that for next year. But, you know, and, and some of it comes from, the labs, like some of the tech and stuff that they're putting into some of their new stuff that I've been prototyping and helping test out. I was like, okay, like you're taking some of this feedback seriously and you know, you get a lot of feedback from a lot of people and they do, you know, take that data and they do work with it a bit because the one that they recently sent to me, I've actually been playing with it a lot and uh, it's been quite enjoyable. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, other thing that I think is going to come, well, we already know it is going to come, is the replaceable raw carbon fiber face sheets. Uh, I, I know Reload is working on that. To, I need to see this. I mean, you've had such high praise for it. I am still skeptical, uh, and I just need to see it for myself. I need to play with it. It's not going to be too much longer. It, mm. it will be – it's not too much longer. And I think I'll even – 
hoping hoping to have a prototype um or not prototype but basically finalized version somewhat soon so i'm i'm eager to mess with this and put it through its paces and see like you know if i put it through the ringer for a couple weeks like how does it how does it hold up but that's the type of stuff that i'm i'm like excited to see the industry move towards that like we're seeing some of these different cores like with the gearbox there's some mm-hmm. other ones coming out that we won't talk about for now um even though it flopped i give adidas props for trying something different with the weighted system yeah. i think yeah. that was we'll give them it was a good try sure. it just didn't yeah it just didn't work out so like that replaceable face sheets um you know just stuff like that it's good to see the industry like trying to move up instead of like just stagnating yeah i think 2024 will be a very interesting year for paddles we might see something else like just completely different you know what i'd love to see with you know these new cores and with the reload with the the replaceable sheets i would like somebody to revisit that concept that we saw was it late last year of like the dual sided paddle like one side was you know fiberglass and the other side was like raw carbon fiber to give you you know a different like feel or performance depending on the side that you use kind of like how table tennis paddles like have you know different sides of rubbers depending yeah. on their back end their front i think that could now be feasible and viable with you know kind of like the tech that we have or that is developing what do you think about that it'd be interesting to see i'm still not convinced it would be like a a mainstream thing but maybe if someone finally just does it well like one shot and pro xr did it and both of those flopped really hard because they just didn't feel that different but i think if someone could do it in a way it could be kind of interesting i'm still a little skeptical but i don't know it could be interesting to see if someone could figure out a way to do it better okay okay all right so moving on from that so our top picks of the year let's first start with most underrated paddle or paddles so chris i know you have a pick here what is it yeah i'm i'm gonna go with the annalee waters 12.7 millimeter i know it came out you know a little over a month ago now so it's not had a lot of time but it's pretty much gotten ignored because paddle tech has just like they took so long to do anything people lost faith in the brand uh, it also doesn't help that the paddle is on the more expensive side at 230 dollars. but every time i've used this dude i'm i'm like really impressed with it it's not it's not like gearbox levels of insane it's not like the most innovative thing but i think it it combines like a lot of interesting things so yeah it checks all the it's, boxes uh it yeah it's a standard shape well uh-huh yeah standard shape the spin is really good it's just under 2100 rpm and like when i hit it it feels like i get a ton of spin like every single person i have played against or drilled against with it they every single time comment on how hard the ball dips so i thought that was interesting and for its weight and size it just packs a significant punch swing weight is like 105 it hits very hard it's very fast in the hand it's very loud um and you can add lead to it like i added like you know since it's so light i added just strips all across the side hits even harder now still fast in the hand like i think it's a paddle that people are going to sleep on because of the price and the paddle tech you know being what they are but i think i think it has a very good place in the market if it had a longer handle i would consider using it oh really wow that's high praise coming from you and but honestly Paltech has surprised us in their last two releases like 
was it the the latest uh, Wave Pro uh, version? Was it version three? Right? Like, yeah. I think that surprised us at how well that it played and it performed. And now the Annalie Waters signature paddle is right up there. I just feel like like Paddletech would be in a different place had they released some of those versions or some of those paddles earlier on in the year. You know, so they they're yep. still they still got some catching up to do, but it's looking bright for them with this release of the Annalie Waters paddle and with their new waves version three. Add shapes. Just add like an elongated if you oh, dude man, if they did a hybrid shape, like oh my gosh, like the potential is so high. I know it's supposed to be Annalise's signature paddle, but just come out with another version that gives like longer handle or something, like a five and a half inch handle. I, man, I really think that paddle could could be pretty pretty solid. I'm gonna keep messing with it because I think it, I I think it's got Wait, a lot of potential. What what is your current paddle right now? Is it still the Gearbox? Gearbox and the Double Black Diamond is pretty much. <laughs> I mean, like. I, since I finished all my tournaments, I have basically only been hitting other paddles. Like I have not played any games with the mm-hmm. paddles that I would want to play with. But yeah, Gearbox, Double Black Diamond, like I, both of them basically. Okay, gotcha. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, um, my most underrated paddles um, of the year. First, we'll go over an, an old one, but a good one. Uh, well, maybe not too old, but is the Black Diamond? I know six zero. You know, everybody talks about the double black diamond now. Everybody talks about the ruby, but I revisited the black diamond when I was doing my big paddle, like kind of like comparison video. Um, and I really like the black diamond, even in the new, like the new form, because in the original black diamond that I had, it hit really hard. It was really powerful. It was in my top ten, probably still would be in my top ten. And then I, I heard that they changed it, so I was skeptical about it, and then. After I picked it up and I started playing with it, I was like, oh, wow, I really like this paddle a lot more. It's a little bit more controllable. I think it's probably Six Zero's uh, most like spin-friendly or I think has the highest spin potential of all their paddles, maybe just like eking out the Ruby, but I would totally choose the Black Diamond over all of the other Six Zero paddles right now, now that I've had more time with it. So that's one. Um, the... Uh, Thrive Threat is a good one. It's good twist weight. It has a little bit of a shorter handle, but it's just solid overall, like all around paddle. I think it has like great feel, soft touch if you're looking for a very control oriented paddle. Um, And then one that, you know, you might think me crazy that's a little underrated is actually the head gravity. I think that one is accurately rated well. I, yeah, I'm going to need you to expand on that one because there is not a single person I've ever heard say, man, the gravity. <laughs> it's just a good control paddle. That's really all that it is. I think it looks awesome. And I think it has like a crazy like sweet spot. It's just the shape of the paddle combined with the looks and the soft touch. All right, so I brought it to mess with earlier in this year. I went to like Austin, Texas, and this is why I think it's underrated because there's a few times, like, and this is when, you know, thermoforming was all the rage. Like people were yeah. hitting me with like, you know, double black diamonds and like legacies and whatnot. And I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to pull out this gravity and I'm hitting drops and resets that I'm surprised. I'm like, oh crap, that went over. And then it'd be like two O's. It'd be like, oh my gosh, that went over. Oh my gosh that dip down like that and then like i'm like getting up to the kitchen line i mean yeah it lacks power but 
it, it's kind of like the same like feeling I, I got when we you and I first tested the Kitchen Pro. Remember the Kitchen Pro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was like, oh, everything just kind of goes in. Anyways, those are just. Did you did you recently what quit working at Selkirk? Did you start working ahead or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Head gravity. I'm I'm dumbfounded by this pick. <laughs> Look, you said underrated paddles, and that's the one that came to my mind. So. I mean, hey, you know, it's it's your pick. I'll let you I'll let you have it. But yeah, that is uh that's an interesting one. That's okay. an interesting one All right, for let's, sure. Let's let's, right. let's flip the script a bit. Overhyped paddles, yeah. overrated paddles. What are your picks for that for this I, year? It was kind of hard to think of well, okay, it wasn't hard to think of one, but I just couldn't think of many. But the biggest one for me was the Perseus. Mm. You don't like it? I just it's I think it's a fine paddle. And it has a slightly lower swing weight for an elongated thermo, but like it just, it was a combination of things. I think it was the hype of like Ben using it and like everyone building up to it, the the press launch thing they did, which I do think that was cool. I think it was kind of cool to go there and experience something like that. But it just, at 250, the spin was underwhelming out of the box. It still felt like they had kind of that classic like Yola grit consistency issue, which I'll give them a little bit of credit. That's kind of an uh, issue across the entire industry. That could be a whole video on itself. But it just was so underwhelming to me when I got it relative to what was on the market. And I just think at the price and everything, it was kind of like, yeah, you guys needed to do better. And you know, it's funny, like I haven't gotten to cut any open yet, but I've definitely seen a few uh, Perseuses that were like core crushed. Like, you know, you're pressing on yeah. it, it's crunching. I've been I haven't played a, a guy. That, honestly. Yeah. So like it was very funny to me that Yolo was kind of like making fun of everyone, kind of like when Gearbox with the new Pro was making fun of everyone for a QC and like Yolo was like, yeah, like, you know, these guys are like their cores are bad and like ours probably aren't going to do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, it looks like they're yours yours does doing do it. it too. Yeah. Nobody is, you know, like nobody's immune. safe. Yeah, nobody's safe. Nobody's yeah. immune to like core crushing if you use a honeycomb, you know, polypropylene core like it's yeah. it's gonna happen even if you use other materials too it can still happen like we just don't know like but it's more often to happen if you use just regular honeycomb ppp like it's gonna happen eventually someone can do it like you'll always find somebody who can do it yeah right so yeah perseus was my pick i just yeah that okay. was yeah. uh let's see my pick for somewhat overrated paddles for this year it's somewhere in the same boat is the uh Ronbus Nova. Uh Oh, that's an interesting one. Like I know, I think it's a fine paddle, right? I just I don't know. Can you can you really call it thermoforming anymore? Because I, I mean so I didn't do a video on it or a video review on it. It just didn't interest me that much. But I know you did some. I know John Q did some and I watched it and I looked at the images of you know how they got the edge guard how they kind of like drill holes there's like this matrix you know so it's it's still technically unibody but there's like kind of like cutouts like small cutouts to like let the core kind of i guess expand a little bit there's more leeway so that it doesn't crush right and i don't know i just felt like it made the paddle heavy and it just wasn't anything like special anymore right it's like what i'm trying to say is i don't know that i would choose the Nova over the regular like R116 or R316. 
is what I'm trying to say. Right? Mm, why, why, would I, why would I pay more for it when they're both, to me, control-centric paddles? They both get great spin. Um, I don't know. Maybe according to your, uh, your tests, I think the R116 still is pretty up there. It might even... Yeah, it was pretty up there. Yeah, so it's like, why would I choose the Nova? Why would I pay more for it? You know, maybe I get a little bit more power, but it's like, it's to me, it's just not worth it. That's why I think it was like a little overrated. I still think it's a fine paddle, but that's my Yeah, pick. I think that's fair. Did you ever get to hit the updated R1 Nova? It kind of annoys me that they did this because I feel like it probably changes my review, but they... They did some stuff to make it a little bit more powerful, and then the R3, was, which I didn't get to hit much, is supposed to be more powerful overall. But I did bring out the R1 Nova, the newer one, recently uh, when I was working on some of my paddle ward stuff. I was like, okay, I should just like hit some of these paddles and make sure. And I did think it was better than what I remembered the original the Nova being. Was. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more all-court, had a little bit more power. It's pretty um, solid overall. But I can definitely see what you're saying um, because it wasn't anything blow away. Like its main uh, thing was like, hey, we've fixed core crushing. And it's like, right. okay, well, you said that with the Pulsar. And like people have definitely been able to break those, maybe less, but those still broke. Sounds like there still haven't been any of the Nova. But yeah, it was just like, I guess it was interesting concept but it didn't lead to a huge performance change. It was more fixing something that should have never been a problem to begin with. Right, exactly. No, I totally agree with you. And I, they did send me an updated one. I haven't got to hit it like as much or enough, but I did get a decent amount of time with the R3 Nova. And I think if I went with the Nova series, I would go with the the R3 shape. It's, um, you know, it has a little bit higher swing weight so I can get a little bit more power and plow through with that one. Uh, so I'll have to revisit the newer R1 Nova. I do have it. Uh, but like basically you would choose the Nova if you wanted just a tad bit, in my opinion still, if you just wanted a tad bit more power and you didn't want, I guess, some core crushing issues or potential like durability issues. But also at the same time, if you get the R116 or a Gen 1 raw carbon fiber, like it's less likely that you'll also have core crushing issues, you know? So it's kind of, that's why yeah. I'm like, why would I choose it, right? Yeah. So that's just like kind no, of my take I th on it. I think that's a, that's a really interesting pick. That's like, I kind of, if I was like rating our picks, I kind of like, yours is like a more interesting take than mine. I feel oh. like mine is kind of, feels more predictable. That was kind of interesting. Okay, well, there you go. Well, I don't have any yeah. other um, overhyped paddles. I do agree with you on the Perseus a little bit, um, but... Yeah, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now that I would choose for like overhyped. If you guys out there that are listening have some paddles that you think are way overhyped, um, you know, it could just be performance, it could be price per performance. Let us know down in the comments below. I, I, there's a part of me that feels like some people will say the ruby, <laughs> like they might put the ruby down in there. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, like. I like. I think the only reason I wouldn't put it in that category is because I did like it and would consider using it. But at least based on some of the hype it generated initially, I like. It's like borderline where I'm like, I just don't know if the hype was warranted. Yeah. I, that <clears throat> that'd be like almost almost a runner up for me. It's like whatever below runner up would be. I see. I see. Um, interestingly enough, uh, when I went to go play pickleball here. 
some people came up to me, they're like, oh man, love the pod, love the reviews, but they all ask me, they're, they, I got this multiple times, people are like, when is the Willinator shape coming out? That's what I need, ah. I need that elongated <laughs> 6-0 paddle. I'm like, dude, your guess is as good as mine. He's like, dude, you have a shape named after you. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold up there. That's still up for debate. Bodhi has something to say about that, if you heard that, <laughs> you know? You, you know what? I uh, Dale and I beat Bodie in a game, so I, I think Bodie's say on the shape might not matter anymore. Now okay. that I've like Let's Dale go. and I have dethroned Bodie, maybe <laughs> maybe it's gonna be like the Christinator or something. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna rename it. It doesn't roll off the same as Willinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll Just, see. We'll see. All right. But yeah, so we we wanted to do more picks, guys. We actually wanted to go through every category. But the only reason we couldn't do this is because my paddle awards video is not done yet. There was some stuff this year that delayed me from getting it done as soon as I wanted to. So it's probably going to happen closer to the end of the year and I don't want to spoil it cuz we're kind of going we're going a little all out on Real this extra. video this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we That's... went pretty extra. I think I think the winners of this year will be happy. We'll just say there's there were more stakes this year. <laughs> there was a little bit more stakes. So oh, I can't wait for this. Just know that if you uh, if you won anything this year, you might you you might be a little happy about it. So yes. we'll we'll get to that. But I'm I'm excited to do that video. Um, I think it's kind of a it'll be a fun tradition to do every yeah. year. We're all waited with bated breath. You know, it'll be nice, like, shoot, it'll be a Christmas present for all of us when we open up, you know, I'm sure you're going to release it before Christmas, but it's like, you know, I pop it open. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be it. close. It's going to be close. Okay. It, there you go. It might even be after Christmas because there, uh, people will understand later, but there was one component that just took a long time to acquire. And that is kind of what pushed this whole thing back. Okay. Next right. year, yeah. I'll be, I think I'll be more on top of it. Like I think if I just planned a little bit better. So just know companies next year if you want to even be in the running for next year if you release a paddle in december there's like almost no way like your cutoff is going to be like november mm -hmm. just, november just keep that in mind for next year thanksgiving happens you know so there you go holidays man yes all yeah. right we've made it to the kitchen will this is a long episode we these state of the paddle episodes always go really long yeah so apologies if you guys don't like long episodes but we had a lot we wanted to say, yeah. but you've made it to the kitchen. This was like, if this was like a real game, this is kind of one of those ones where you had to hit like five fist shot drops, like 10 transition balls, <laughs> and then you got to the kitchen and they lobbed you back and you had to hit a bunch of drops to get back. Like, mm -hmm. this is a big back and forth dance to get to the kitchen today. Yeah. Good job for making it over here. You guys are elite, you know, 5-0 plus, 5-0 plus. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are the real ones. But anyways, it's nothing uh, too big, but I just had some interesting thoughts I wanted to talk about. So I had read the book Atomic Habits, which I should have read like a long time ago. It's like yeah, good a staple. Book by James Clear. Yeah, it is definitely a good book. It's very easy read. Um, I've never been a big reader. I'm trying to be more this year, but I thought I listened to the audiobook and I thought it was very easy to digest, unlike a lot of books. Highly recommend especially because I think it could relate to a lot of pickleball things. But anyways, mm -hmm. one of the things that he talks about in that book is getting 1% better every day. And I felt like this really resonated with me because you can actively choose in like any aspect of your life to like try and improve something. It Like he talks about, at least I believe it was in this, his book. It could have been something else I heard it, but like, you know, 
10 push-ups a day would be better than zero push-ups a day. Walking yeah. five minutes is better than walking zero minutes. Like making progress is better than making no progress. And so I've started to try and apply this to a lot of different things. And like recently, one of those things for me was working out more. I think a handful of, or, you know, a number of people know I've been working with Catherine's trainer, Connor Derrickson from CDP performance or Connor Derrickson. I'll link his website down below, but he's been great. So I've been getting some gym routine stuff from him going twice a week. I started working on my diet more, making sure I was getting a lot more protein than I was before, which has actually made a big difference in how I feel day to day. Uh, and then also my sleep, because my sleep's been really bad. And uh, one of the things I just started doing this, dude, it makes a massive difference. Uh -huh. If any of you fall into this category, please try it. So I'm pretty sure I have sleep apnea. I you snore really do. badly. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, like I have... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guys. Uh, Wait, have you and I ever you. even had to share a room before? No, we haven't. But that doesn't mean I still can't hear it. <laughs> Do you actually hear it through the walls? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear it through the walls, dude. I just don't say anything. It's like, uh, uh, okay, but does it wake you up? No, nah, but it's noticeable. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. But I can only imagine. I'm like, man, if I was sleeping in the same room as Chris, like, man, this would kind of suck. I need to go to sleep early. I need to go sleep first. And doesn't your wife does that? She she goes to sleep before you, right? Yes. To make she sure she has that... to go to sleep before me. Otherwise, she can't go to bed. Exactly. See, there you go. That's how you know how bad it is. That's fine. Well, the first time ever. Side tangent. I'll be quick. The first time I ever realized how bad it was. This was before I was married. I went on a, a video trip to mm -hmm. do a job with a friend. And we had to share the same room and I'm being woken up in the middle of the night by pillows hitting me. Like we're across the room. My friend is literally throwing pillows at me and I wake up and I'm like, what? I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, Chris, he's lobbing shut pillows up. At you. He's like, you are snoring so bad. And I was like, I didn't even know I snored, but like, actually, wait, actually I, I was married at this point. So I didn't know that I snore, but I didn't know it was this bad. And so it was kind of like that confirmation of like oh wow this is enough to annoy other people mm -hmm. so i am i'm not gonna lie i am always a little subconscious when i go on trips with people like if i have to share a room or even this last san clemente trip yeah i was in the living room and the walls are very thin and i was like man everyone in this house is probably gonna hear me snore and i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> but this is where the nasal strips come in so anyways i probably need a sleep apnea test and i know i need to do this i'm working on it uh, okay, I tried these nose strips, and I've also tried taping my mouth shut because those are things that are supposed to help. Okay, get this. First of all, I've always had a hard time breathing out of my nose. It switches which one I can breathe through. Try the nose strips. It was like I was taking in twice the amount of air, and I have now slept two nights with taping mm. my mouth shut and using the nasal strip, and my watch said my deep sleep has more than doubled. It went wow. from like 40 minutes to 120, and... I'm waking up feeling way better. So I was like, this, these nasal strips were like one of those 1% hacks that I was like, wow, this actually has made a huge difference in like how I feel. Sick. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. So you guys might start seeing me wear these more. Honestly, I might start wearing them to the court. They look kind of stupid. Like it's literally just something that sits on your you're nose. You're like, wear them when you're not sleeping? Well, yes, because I can breathe so much better. I'm sure it would help on the pickleball court. Okay. No, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Dude, Chris instantly goes from 3-5 to 4-0. Oh. Wait, who am I kidding? Do it. No, you're not. 
I'm just kidding. So <laughs> that is one of the one of the things. Um, but it, uh, speaking more specifically to pickleball, like I think the sleep, diet, and gym has genuinely made a huge difference in my uh, stress levels, my day to day work, and just like even performance on court. So. I know it's not a sexy thing that any pickleball player wants to do. They all just want to play the game, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie, guys. Like, if you focus on your diet, gym, and all these other things a little bit, like, I will not change. I'm not going to go back, basically, because I'm seeing how big of a difference it makes in my life. But anyways, awesome. you know, applying well, the happy. 1% thing. <laughs> happy for you, yeah. bro. No, I, I get that because, I mean, I've been drilling a little bit more. I mean, I this year has been, like, a massive improvement for me as well and i did read that book i think we, yeah, we, we talk about that book i don't know if you probably heard about it beforehand but i know i, I did recommend it to you so like, yeah if you haven't read it yet definitely check that one yeah. out but like applying it and staying consistent is i think at least for me that was the hardest thing for me from like 21 yes. 2021 2022 i really didn't push out content i was stressed anxious didn't sleep well but uh this year i've probably made more content than i've ever had i've honestly i've yes. also drilled more than I've ever have with my buddy Kale. And I've been seeing like my progress grow up or at the very least, um, I don't know, maybe not so much in tournament play, but like I have seen improvement and people have been telling me, even like my buddy Kale has told me and it's caught like some people's eyes. Um, so like quick little tangent, I guess, I guess the drilling has paid off because uh, in Oklahoma, we are starting like a kind of like a professional Oklahoma pickleball league, similar to how they do at the orchard in Arizona, you know, that Kyle plays on, you know, they, they have different teams from the differing parts of town and they play each other. We're trying to start one of those up. It's uh, being kind of spearheaded by my friend, Jenna Hessert. Shout out to Jenna. She's amazing player, amazing, amazing woman. She plays pro, but she called me and she's like, we're gonna have a small team. We're gonna pick four, but she invited me to be on one of the teams to play. And I'm like, well, you want me like, you know what I'm saying? Let's like, go. I can barely win, you know, I can barely win, like, tournaments out there, medal in some of these tournaments. But she asked me, I'm like, okay, shoot, count me in. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Let's go. Now that's great. Yeah, yeah. and I think, uh, honestly, applying the 1% thing to, like, your game is, it, it can, I'm telling you, it doesn't even have to be big because you want, you honestly want it to be small enough to that you will consistently do it and have it compound. So for, like, my game, one thing I was doing this last week just while I was testing the Ruby is I know that my footwork needs to be improved. Like I want to be able to move more efficiently, move faster. And I would watch video of myself and I'm like, man, you just sit flat footed. So I literally just tried doing what James does and I would just hop. (laughs) Yeah, like still not nearly as much. It's funny. It felt like I was doing it so much. And then I'd watch it back and I'm like, wow, you're still at like a fourth (laughs) of his split steps per second. Like (laughs) this is kind of crazy. But even just a small thing like that that you can be conscious of while you're playing like okay i'm gonna like split step a lot more and make sure my feet are active so that i'm like moving my feet and it hopefully carries over to the rest of the game like it's a small thing that i think if you keep compounding them like it turns into big gains down the road and i think people overlook you hear this all the time people like overlook what is it they underestimate what they can do in like 10 years and they overestimate what they can do in a year and i Mm. think I see this happen in all sorts of things. Like it doesn't have to be that big of a time frame, but like just keep adding small things and over time you will see it add up and become a big thing. Yeah. It's like, what do they call it? The, I think it's called the Pareto principle. It was like 
20% of what you do, like there's like a subset of 20% of the things that you do equate to like 80% of the gains or success that you make. It's like the 80, 20 rule. I can't quite yep. remember how it goes, but yeah, basically no, that's pretty much it. Is, yeah. Small things lead to, you know, big results, you know, as long as you stay consistent. Yeah. And speaking of that for my, uh, break in January, I've been kind of mapping out what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, First of all, I'll be going instead of two days a week, I'm going to go to the gym three days a week just because I'll have the time to do it. But I'm also I'm going to try and drill three times a week or more um, on top of it because I've kind of learned now that I can go to the gym and not have it nuke me so bad that I can't play pickleball. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I can kind of do both, which is good. But I'm going to focus on mostly just drilling in January. Like I will probably play some games, but I'm going to avoid it and just see what things I can really focus on and come back at the end of January being better at so i'm actually really excited for this because i felt like this whole year i never got a lot of pickleball time to like focus on my actual development like sometimes i did but yeah a whole month to just like my only objective is to use the paddle i want go play and drill i'm like i'm very excited for that heck yeah love that love it yeah wishing the best for so yeah that's about it yeah that's pretty much all i got Hope you guys like the uh, the little 1% thing. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know it's long, but, you know, Will and I, we're just yeah, big we're talkers. Trying to give it, yeah, we're trying to give it to you guys before you don't hear from us for a whole entire month. <laughs> true, true. We're just, we're loading them up with a long episode so they can, they can listen to it throughout that month of January with no episodes. Some people came up to me and they're like, they're a little upset. They're like, there's no way, like, you're not doing something for a whole month. I, like, I'm like, uh, yeah, you might not hear the podcast. I'll try to push out some videos. I'm sure Chris will have some scheduled, but yeah, you might not get the podcast. They're like, what? Like people are like, yeah, visibly upset. I'm sorry. We're sorry. Guys. Nope. <laughs> no pot in January guys. It's okay though. We'll come back. We'll come back we'll bigger come back than strong. ever. It's going to be. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna we're, be big. We're, but like next year is going to be amazing. Oh, also quick side note. Last thing before we let you guys go. Um, uh, this Tuesday, well, I guess, I don't know, hopefully this episode comes out today or maybe mm. it comes out uh, tomorrow at the latest, but Chris and I and a bunch of other YouTubers, we will be streaming the Arizona uh, season championship from at the Orchard uh, on our YouTube channel, so definitely check that out. There's no real, like I guess, like pickleball play or tournaments, so if you need your pickleball fix in, definitely check out uh, the season finale um, at the Orchard and uh yeah go support them they're doing great things out there for sure sweet well good conversation will enjoy your christmas merry christmas everyone the next pod will be out after christmas and uh yeah we'll catch you guys later see you happy new year's